love you this morning. I appreciate uh, the singing. We're going to go right into some preaching this morning. So if you'd take your Bibles and turn with us to the book of Proverbs this morning, chapter number 18. Proverbs <clears throat> chapter number 18. And uh, I tell you, we've had some folks sick, but thank God uh, folks are getting better. And I do praise God for that and uh, appreciate the Lord answering prayer. And so do pray still some folks that need a touch this morning. We know God's able uh, to do that. If you're able to stand with us, Proverbs uh, chapter number 18 this morning. I want to read one verse of scripture and have prayer, and then you can be seated. A familiar text, uh, but I do believe it's what the Lord spoke to our heart about. Proverbs chapter number 18 and verse number 24. The Bible says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Notice this last phrase. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you this morning for your people. Thank you for the church. Lord, thank you for this place. Lord, we want to praise you this morning for the Sunday school hour, the good singing. Lord, the opportunity to give in the offering this morning. And I ask you now to bless the reading of thy word. I pray that you'd pour out your spirit. And God, I pray that you'd touch us physically and spiritually today. And may you be glorified in all that will be said and done. And we'll love you and thank you. And we ask it all in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. You know, I know this verse is a familiar verse today. But I want to say also it's an absolutely amazing verse. If you pay attention to how this verse begins... And how it ends. You say, what do you mean? Well, it begins with a man. The Bible says in verse number 18 that a man that hath friends. I think about it, this man. It begins with a man. And this means any man. It can mean every man. It, it can mean you. It can mean me. The, uh, it can be anybody. A man that hath friends. The Bible talks about it begins with a man, but it ends in this verse with a friend like no other. Amen. He said a man that hath friends. I mean, Meaning anybody must show himself friendly. But look at the last phrase. There is a friend. Now, this friend is a particular friend. It's not just any friend. But there is a friend, the Bible says, that sticks closer than a brother. This verse begins with a man representing mankind, any man and every man. But it ends with the man, the Lord Jesus Christ. It emphasizes him in this verse like no other. It has been said that if a man can end his life or her life with two or three friends outside their immediate family then they are a very blessed individual. If you come to the end of your life and you've had two or three really good friends that have stayed with you and stuck with you and you can say they're true friends outside your immediate family then you are a blessed individual this morning. I want to say when we look at this verse there is a friend like no other. Amen. And I want to preach a few minutes on that subject this morning on Christ uh, the believer's friend. Christ the believer's friend. Uh, We know that Jesus is a friend of sinners. Uh, But I would say this morning how much the more is Christ uh, a friend to those that have put their faith and their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice with me in verse number 24 of the great reward. The Bible says a man that hath friends. Now that's a great reward this morning uh, that God would give you and I the ability or the blessing should I say uh, to have family and then the blessing to have friends. Amen. 
I mean, it's a blessing this morning to look around. And if you're serving God with your family, you ought to thank God for that. Amen. Uh, you ought to thank God for your wife. You ought to thank God for your husband. You ought to thank God for your children. Amen. I tell you, a good way to take each other for granted is to not thank God. Get up every morning. You say, well, uh, this problem or that problem. Now, I want to tell you this morning, if you've got a spouse and you've got someone uh, uh, that God has given you, then you ought to thank God for that. Amen. You say, well, I'm married out of the will of God. Well, don't get out of the will of God by unmarrying. Amen. I, I can tell you, that's not God's will. You say, what do I do? You get up and thank God anyway. Amen. And I'll tell you what God will do. He'll put grace in your heart and he'll fix anything uh, that is wrong. And I think about the blessing of a family and the great reward, the blessing of friends. Uh, isn't it good to have friends? Amen. Uh, that God allowed us to have relationships uh, outside the bonds of the family. And so the great reward. But with that great reward becomes a, a great responsibility. Amen. He said a man that hath friends, notice this, uh, must show himself friendly. He might be here this morning so I don't have any friends. Uh, well, you can have friends, uh, uh, but God said the way you have friends uh, is that there's an absolute in this verse here. Uh, you must show yourself friendly. And there's the appearance. Uh, uh, you must show yourself. Uh, you see, there's a lot of people this morning uh, uh, that, listen, they, uh, they, uh, they say, well, I don't have any friends, but the truth is they're not very friendly. Can I get an amen? And they'll say things like this. Well, I'm friendly. Okay. You know, you ever met somebody like that? I don't know why people don't like me. I mean, I'm a friendly person. No, I mean, no, you got to show yourself friendly. You got to put a smile. Some, some people look like they've been chewing persimmons all their life or, or chewing on <clears throat> briars. They look like they've been eating sauerkraut for breakfast, lunch, and supper. I mean, uh, listen, they just all the way. You got to turn that frown upside down. Amen. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're facing. Uh, you say, well, Brother Graham, that's because you've never been there. No, I hadn't. But I'm telling you, Jesus uh, has been through more than any of us. Uh, he's been everywhere we've been. And Christ uh, knows how to put a smile on our face. Uh, the truth of the text is, this generation has more, has been blessed more, and we've got more than any generation that's ever lived. And my friend, it's the most ungrateful and most unthankful generation. If you got a roof over your head, if you got a warm place to stay, if you got a car to drive, if you got Jesus in your heart, if you live in America and you do, we really don't have a whole lot to complain about. We can feel sorry for ourselves, but the truth is, we're not facing near half what the people around this world are facing. And God it's been good to us and it ought to show on our face isn't that right uh, the great responsibility if you want friends you have to be friendly amen it, it's an absolute it, it's, a, it's in our appearance it's in our attitude the Bible said he must show himself friendly I like friendly people don't you some people get up a, a grizzly bear and they go to bed a lion every day don't you feel sorry for the people they're married to Y'all go ahead and say amen because I'm not talking about you. You know, I, I know there's nobody at Bible Baptist that's nasty and mean on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and you don't growl at your spouse and you don't roar at your children and you don't make everybody's life. I mean, either you're quiet because you're sleepy or you're quiet because you're under conviction one. I don't know which one it is, but I'd say amen to cover up either one of them if I could this morning. I'm just telling you some people, the only time they're happy is when they're miserable. Is that right? And they want to make everybody else miserable around them and they can't figure out why they 
don't have no friends. But I tell you, there's some people, they've walked through deep valleys and dark places, but yet they still kept their joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength this morning. We have a responsibility as Christians. If the world is going to want what we have and what we're trying to present, we've got to show ourselves friendly. Amen? And friendliness ought to be to sinners, but it ought to be to saints. Amen? When we come to the house of God, we ought to have a friendly attitude when we come to church. We ought to come around and smile. Amen? And we ought to be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven us. You say, I don't like this person. Well, somebody in the church don't like you. They're still friendly to you anyway. And so if somebody's kind to you, be kind to them. Amen? And friendships is not based on likes. It's not based on comparisons. Friendship has nothing to do with we have things in common. That's not what friendship is. You say, how do you know? Because the Bible said we're a God became our friend. Christ called us his friends. And can I be honest with you? We didn't have anything in common with him. Listen, we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We were outsiders, strangers, and pilgrims. We were dead. We were without God, without hope. But yet he loved us anyway. He became our friend, not because of us, but in spite of us. Amen? You see, you don't become friends with somebody for what they can do for you. You become friends with them for what you can be and do to them. Amen? And Christ loved us in spite of us this morning. There's a great responsibility and there's a great reward. Amen? But then there's a great redeemer in this verse. And I want you to notice this character. The Bible said there is a friend. Amen. Christ in this verse is seen as a friend. Notice his closeness. Uh, he's closer than what? Our text says a brother, but really he's cro- closer than anyone. He's closer than anything, anywhere. He's closer at any time. Uh, uh, there is no friend like Jesus Christ this morning. Uh, he's close in his comparison. Uh, you compare him to a brother, one of the most dearest companions on earth, uh, uh, but Christ is a greater friend than a father, a mother, a sister, or a brother this morning. Isn't it good to know Jesus Christ? He was a friend to sinners, but he is a friend to saints. Christ, the believer's friend this morning. Now think about how Christ treats the believer. I thought about that. Christ is before the believer. You say, what do you mean? He's before the believer as the object of faith. In Hebrews 12 and verse number two, the Bible said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, uh, Christ is before the believer. Uh, My friend is the object of faith. He's before the believer as the light to direct us. Uh, I'm glad that he said, I am the light of the world. In John 8 and verse number 12, he, my friend, is uh, uh, before the believer as the Lord to obey. He's before the believer as the shepherd to follow. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and a stranger they will not follow. He's my friend before the believer as a master to serve. No man can serve two masters for he'll hate the one and love the other. But I'll tell you, if you cling to Christ this morning, you know that he is a great master. My friends, before the believer as a prize to win. If you and I will press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, where's it at? In Christ Jesus, amen. Christ is before the believer as a goal to reach. He is before us. I'm glad we serve a God that goes before us. And we have a friend that goes before us. Christ is before the believer. And then Christ is behind the believer. Amen. He's behind us when you look back as a suffering one. Amen. The Bible said in Hebrews 9 and verse 26, for then he must be, must he often have suffered since the foundations of the world. You say, how 
how far back do I need to go to find the suffering of Christ? You'll have to go beyond Genesis 1-1 for Christ was slain and he suffered before the foundations of this world. Christ is before us. Christ is behind us as a pillar of fire in Exodus 14 and verse number 20 as a voice to direct us in Isaiah 30 and verse number 21 as a beloved to encourage us a song of Solomon 2 and verse 9 said he's all together lovely he's the beloved amen as goodness and mercy to follow us Psalms 23 and verse number 6 the psalmist said surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever I'm glad he goes before me, but I'm glad he's behind me. Hallelujah. Has the Lord to reveal us. He said in Revelation 1 and verse 10, John said, I was in the spirit in the Lord's day, and he said, I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Isn't it good to have somebody going before you? But then you got somebody going behind you. Christ goes ahead. He leads the way. But he brings up the rear. He knows what's in the front of us and he knows what's behind us. Why? Because Christ uh, is the believer's friend. Uh, Christ before the believer. Christ behind the believer. But then what about Christ beneath the believer? This morning, he's beneath the believer as the foundation of whom we're built. He said, the foundation can no man lay. In 1 Corinthians 3 and verse number 2, then that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm telling you, Christ is before me and Christ is behind behind me but he's beneath me this morning I'm standing on a sure and a solid foundation as the wall he's behind us and he's beneath us as a walk to walk in John 14 and verse number 6 he said I am the way he's the way that we are to walk this morning you say I don't know where to go you just walk in his way Jeremiah 6 and verse number 9 said seek ye out the old paths wherein is the good way and you shall find rest for your souls. He said, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Amen. I'm glad there's rest in Christ. Christ is beneath the believer. The Bible said in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 12, he's beneath the believer as shoes. We have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's because of Christ. Thank God we have peace and we're settled this morning. Christ beneath us has arms to carry us. Deuteronomy 33 and verse number 27 said, Behold, the eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms of God as shoulders to bear us, as a bosom to, to rest on in John chapter 21 and verse number 20. Uh, they laid their head, John, uh, the beloved, laid his head on the bosom of Jesus. Uh, and I'm glad that we have Christ before us. Uh, we have Christ behind us. Uh, we have Christ beneath us, amen. Uh, he is the everlasting arms. Uh, he is the sure foundation. He has our feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Uh, he is, my friend, this morning, uh, uh, the bosom that we can rest on in the hard times of life. He is the way that you and I are to walk this morning. He guides the way. Why? Because he upholds us by his mighty hand. I'm glad this morning that I'm in Christ and Christ is before me and Christ is behind me and Christ is beneath me. But thank God as the believer's friend, Christ is beside the believer this morning. His strength to uphold us Isaiah 41 and verse number 10. 
He said in Isaiah 40 that even the youth shall faint and utterly fall. He said, the young man shall, shall lose his strength, but they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Christ is beside us to give us that strength to uphold us as a companion for fellowship, as a friend to counsel us. Proverbs 27 and verse 9 said, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. As a guide to direct us in John 16 and verse 13, as a high priest to succor us in Hebrews 4 and verse 15, we have a high priest and we have a throne of grace and mercy that we can come to any time into the day or the night as a comforter to cheer us Jesus Christ will speak comforting words my friend is a peace giver in the time of trouble he said peace I give unto you not as the world giveth I unto you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid I'm telling you this morning we got Christ beside us amen as a teacher to teach us what a blessing this morning to be able to have Jesus Christ uh, as a faithful friend uh, who never falters, he never fails, uh, he never abandons us, he never leaves us, uh, he's never discouraged, uh, he never quits, he never gives in, uh, he never walks away, he never walks out, uh, he never leaves you high and dry, but he's always there in the morning hours, uh, in the midnight hours, uh, in the wee hours, uh, Christ is there uh, through the hard times and through the good times, uh, on the mountaintop but down in the valley, uh, through the desert and through the wind and through the waves and through the storms and when no one is there he is there standing somewhere when I can see him and when I can't in the shadows you'll always find Jesus when all others have walked out when no others can be found there is a faithful friend who will be there until the end he'll hold my hand as over death's river I go because he said I'll never leave thee I'll never forsake thee he said I'll go with you always even unto the end of the world I'm trying to preach amen I'm just telling you this morning there is a friend that sticks closer than any brother on this earth hallelujah no wonder the songwriter said what a friend we have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear what a privilege to carry everything to the Lord in prayer. This one songwriter said, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. When his wife had abandoned him and walked out on him, a dear man of God in the ministry sat down and penned those words. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. When he lost his dearest friend here on earth, not due to death, but worse than death, because she left him, because she walked out. The Bible said when your father and your mother forsake you, then the Lord shall take you up. I'm telling you, there may be a lot of people that lie to you and leave you along life's way but there's one that'll never lie to you there's one that'll never leave you by yourself there's one my friend that doesn't matter how hard the way may get he's already been there he knows every step I take he knows every hair on my head he knows every falter that I have he knows my ups and he knows my downs he knows when I'm right and he knows when I'm wrong he knows every thought and intent of my heart yet he loves me anyway yet he stands with me anyway what a friend a close friend that we have in Jesus. Oh, this morning, when you think about friendship, it's built on knowledge. Amen. You see, friendship is based upon knowledge. The more you know somebody, 
the more your friendship will be. You may be friends with some folks from a distance and some you may be close and it has a lot to do with knowledge. Sometimes the more you know about somebody, the less the friendship may be. Uh, Sometimes it can distance the friendship. Friendship is based upon knowledge. Uh, You know some people deeper and it draws you closer together. I want to tell you, my friend, you'll never find out too much about Jesus. Amen. He already knows everything about me and you uh, and you would think that would be enough to cause him to distance himself from us. Uh, his friendship's not about us Uh, it's about him Uh, he is a friend Uh, he can't be anything but a friend if you'll let him this morning uh, he'll love you and call you his friend uh, even if you reject him Uh, you say I don't believe that well uh, Judas kissed him Uh, uh, my friend it probably felt like the fiery coals of hell uh, burning on the beloved cheek of our savior that day Uh, a kiss of betrayal Uh, but Jesus called him his friend you know why Uh, because friendship wasn't about Judas Uh, friendship was about Jesus amen I've disappointed him I've let him down I have failed him but he has never disappointed me he has never failed me he has never let me down I've not been near the friend to him than he has been to me and the longer I serve him and the more that I know about him the sweeter he grows hallelujah See, the reason some people's friendship with Christ is waned is not because of him, it's because of them. Reading your Bible and praying every day and walking with God makes the friendship deeper. Because it's based on knowledge. Jesus said, and you shall, don't miss this, he said, and you shall know what? The truth. And then he said, the truth shall make you free. You know why some people live so much in bondage? Not because they're not saved. They just know very little truth. All they know is I'm saved and not going to hell. There's a whole lot more truth than just being saved. I'm not minimizing being saved. But God gave us a a Bible with 66 books in it. A full canon of scripture. He wants us to know more than we're not going to hell. There's so much more. Paul said it over and over again. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Why? Because you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. There's a lot of people saved still living in bondage. Amen. They're not living in bondage. uh, My friend, over their soul. uh, But they're living in bondage. You know why? Uh, Because they don't walk with God. Uh, uh, They're captive by this world. Uh, But you don't have to live that way. Thank God you can live in victory. Amen. You can live in Canaan. Uh, You don't have to wander in the wilderness. Amen. You can cross Jordan, go to Gilgal and live in victory in Canaan land but you're going to have to know some truth to do that. You're going to have to read your Bible and the closer you get to him, he said if you're drawn out of me, I'll drawn out of you. It's based on knowledge, amen. It's not based on feelings and emotions. Wish we had a few more this morning. But I understand. It's not based on feelings and emotions. Think about your spouse. If you base your friendship with your spouse, and that ought to be your closest friend, you ought to never tell somebody else something you wouldn't tell your spouse. Can I get a witness right there? That's a recipe for disaster. But I would say this morning that the reason a lot of people, you think about your spouse today, you're not basing your friendship with your spouse off emotions and feelings. Let's just be honest. Anybody here ever had an argument with their spouse? And I'll raise my hand first so you don't have to feel so terrible. Nine of us. Come back tonight. I'm preaching online, okay? 
You nine, well, don't stay home. I started to say stay home, but you can't even joke about that today, can you? But you don't, but listen, some days you, you know, I get around these people, you know, and they act like they have the perfect marriage. I don't even believe that stuff. Do y'all, I don't, y'all like that? You know, these people, they want to smooch on each other in front of you. That makes me feel weird inside. They're all lovey-dovey in front of you. I'm like, go home, amen. Don't do all that stuff around us because we don't want to see it. Can I get an amen right there? Act like they're still dating. Maybe they are, but just leave all that stuff in your private. They're usually the ones getting counsel next week. But you can't base it on your emotions because some days you don't. Emotions can go in different directions, can't they? I remember one time we was counseling somebody and somebody told me something their spouse said to them that it was just plumb terrible and no lady looked straight over at me. Come on, y'all, hide your halo and tuck your wings in. So why don't you look at it? Because I think we had said that to each other at one point in life. I'm not going to tell you what point that was. Could have been before Jesus and it could have been last week. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, you can't base your friendship, your relationship, you can't base it off your emotions. You can't base it off your feelings. You know what holds a couple together? It's not how good they feel. It's not, and you can have wonderful feelings and wonderful emotions. I'm not saying that. Now what I'm saying is they go up and down. Things and pressures in life can change a lot of feelings and emotions. But you're there for each other. You're there beside each other. You know why? Because your knowledge, amen? You know your marriage. You know God put you together. And that knowledge holds you to each other. It binds you in spite of circumstances sometimes in life. I'm telling you, it's the same way with this book. Listen, there's sometimes I may not feel safe. And if I went on my emotions, I, I would feel as lost as anybody else. I'd feel like God would, doesn't even care about me. And some people, they live in that realm. I mean, they always whining about how they feel like God has left them and abandoned God. Don't ever say that about God. He loves us. Uh, he's been better to us than anybody. Don't ever get up and let that be your testimony. I just feel this way and God is just for, he's not forsaken you. Uh, you, get, you get a hold of some knowledge, amen? Uh, you say, Brother Gravely, have you ever felt like God's forsaken you? Oh, my feelings have said it a whole lot of times but every time my feelings rise up I get a hold of some facts amen and the facts overrides the feelings he said I'll never leave thee I'll never forsake thee no matter what you go through no matter how you feel no matter what you face God said you may not be able to count on others but you can count on me because he's a friend that's closer than a brother hallelujah praise God based on his knowledge. It's based on union. Jonathan and David, their hearts were knitted together. I want to tell you, at Calvary, he knitted his heart to us. The day you got saved, you know why we go to church? Because we love him. You know why we sing him songs? Because we love him. You know why we love preaching? Because we love him. It's his word, isn't that right? It's his spirit. It's his songs. Uh, you know why we love the brethren? Because we love him. Now think about it. You take God out of the equation. Why would you come to church and hear preaching? If you don't love him, this ain't going to do anything to help you or to save you. But if you don't love him, you're going to reject it. I'm telling you, if you don't love God this morning, why would you want to be around this crowd? We're not blood kin, most of us. Uh, we come from different aspects of life. Uh, why would we come together and call ourselves a family? Why would we call ourselves brother and sister? 
And while I'm on that subject, make sure you call each other brother and sister. Amen. You young people, listen to me. You don't call somebody by their name. If they're saying, you call them brother so-and-so. You call them sister so-and-so. Can I get a witness on that? Uh, you say, that's old-fashioned. No, that's Bible. Amen. It's brother Paul. Hallelujah. I'm telling you this morning, uh, but why do we do something like that? I'm going to tell you why. Because we love him this morning. Uh, and when you love him, uh, him songs mean something. And when you love, see, that's why we don't need the world's beat. Amen. That's why we don't want to honky-tonk it. That's why we don't want to spice it up. Uh, we don't want to rock it up and rock it out. Uh, that's why we don't want to fix it up. No, leave it like it is. You know why? Uh, because we love him. Uh, it's not about the melody. It's about the message. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you the preaching. Uh, it don't need a fog machine. Uh, uh, we don't need frontline singers. Amen. Uh, we don't need a dance team or a drama team. Uh, uh, we don't got to have any of that outfit. You know why? Uh, because it's about him. Amen. Uh, uh, just give me some old fashioned leather lung. Uh, a spirit filled man of God with a black back book. Uh, a straight delivered across a pulpit. Let him preach in power and demonstration the spirit of God uh, and something on the inside uh, will connect uh, because it's about him. Hallelujah. Woo, praise God. You know, some men got a DR and they quit preaching. I'd burn the papers. Can I get an eight man right there? If an education knocked the spirit out of you, I mean, burn the papers. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, friend, it's not about education. It's not about acknowledgement. It's all about him this morning. Sometimes he shows up in a chapter. Sometimes he shows up in a verse. Sometimes he shows up in a testimony. But what it's all about is him showing up. Amen. We need him this morning. And it brings us together, doesn't it? You know, one of the reasons I think that we have unity in our church, and it's not to say the devil couldn't. He could get in a pulpit today in me. You know, one reason I think we have unity in the church, because we have spirit. The Bible said where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. And that liberty brings unity. And the reason this morning we have unity, I think, is because we have spirit. But when churches become dead, they become distant. And they become divided. When there's no presence of God, it, it unifies. Now, how many times have you went to church? And you wasn't, let's just be honest, you wasn't in the best mood. You got in there and you was, you know, you was kindly being careful because you knew you wasn't in the best mood. And you didn't want to be cross with somebody, somebody you know. But they started singing some songs. And the Spirit of God came by. He touched your heart. He changed your attitude. It wasn't meaning that you came with a that you mad at somebody, but sometimes the, the pressures of life can cause you to be, you know, unbalanced in some things. But a good spirit-filled church, with a God working and moving, brings us together, ties us together, binds us together, his union, and then his intimacy. Friendship causes frequent access. People that you're friends with, you want to be around them. You want to spend time with them. You want to, you want to, you delight in their, their presence. And you know, that's the way it is with God, isn't it? This morning, Christ is the believer's friend. Why? Because it's delightful to be in his presence. But what about this? Why would he delight to be in our presence? Think about it this morning. Why would Jesus Christ want to be in our presence? Our friend. 
The Bible said, Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. You see, true friendship is needful. Everyone needs a friend. True friendship loves with a whole heart. True friendship makes friends, their friends' cases their own. When they're going through something, you want to go through it with them. True friendship is the most desirable thing. No man will choose to live without friends. True friendship will not spare pain at any cost. It will, in fact, even hazard its own life, as we've seen in John 15. True friendship will never do anything to wrong or hurt a friend intentionally. True friendship is sensitive to the needs of each other. It provides good, safe counsel for one another. True friendship will not suddenly or easily hear of any evil counsel toward his friend. Hey, listen to me. Somebody that will be a friend to your face and talk about you behind your back, that's not true friendship. That's fake. True friendship. I know this as a pastor. And you have to know it this morning as a Christian. Not everyone that tells you what you want to hear is your friend. Open rebuke, the Bible said, is better than secret love. True friendship does not envy but rejoices to see their friend prosper. True friendship will abide faithful and not be fickle. It's steady. I'm going to tell you something about a true friend. You may not see... Brother Eric Brown is like, he's like a brother to me. And sometimes we may go three months and not even speak to each other. We might go six months and not speak to each other. But I could call him right now and probably ask anything in the realm of reason and he would do it and vice versa. We don't have to talk on a regular basis. I, I feel sorry for these people that... And be careful... When you bind a friendship, that the binding of that friendship is not based on how much you speak to each other. How many times have people built a friendship and then all of a sudden, well, you know, they didn't call me this week. (laughs) They didn't send me a text. I didn't even get an email from them. And they said they're my friend. And we talk every Monday. And they skip this Monday. I wonder what's wrong with them. Oh, something's wrong with you. True friendship ought to be able to go. True friendship doesn't cut each other off. I've seen people, they're they're inseparable one day and then the next side they're sitting on this side and this side. And they act like the person doesn't. You you need to learn how to be a friend to people. You don't cut a friend off like that. It's awful quiet, but it must be plowed somewhere. Or they, they're all up in this person's grill. Man, they love this person like, like, you know, like they love them like cat head biscuits with gravy running off both sides of it. They're all about this person. And then this person comes along and they leave them. And now they're all about this person. I know I'm preaching right now. And I'm going to just preach on it in a minute. Too quiet in here. They're all about this person now. You don't know how to be a friend to people. You know what that is, don't you? That's immaturity. Because you always got to be connected very closely, very tightly. And the problem is you'll, you'll latch onto this person with a death grip and they'll really believe that you and them, man, you're lifelong friends. But then when better personality or a new personality comes along, you let go and you attach over to this person. And all the while, you know what you're doing? You're ripping hearts out of people. 
You see, that's why sometimes I hammer this a lot and some of y'all still ain't got it and you still don't understand it. But you're going to one day. Something's going to bite you real hard one day and you're going to say, oh, I know. Now I know why preacher says that all the time. Just trying to help you. You can't be in everybody's, each other's hip pocket all the time. You're going to get yourself in a world of trouble doing that. Amen. What? Okay, we're, I promise you, I meant to be positive today. I was doing my best. Friendship of man can fade, but the friendship of Christ is faithful. You think about how much we mistreat Jesus Christ. How many times we fail him? Man's friendship can be frustrated, but the friendship of Christ can never be frustrated. Man's friendship can be so fake. I'm glad friendship is not based on materials and popularity. You know, I don't want friendship to be based on, I want to be so-and-so's friend because everybody likes him. No, I want to be the friend to the person that everybody wants to run away from. You see, because you're that spiritual. No, it's not the spirituality. I'm going to tell you, because that's how Jesus was to me. And that's how he was to you. Why would he be my friend? Why would he be your friend? Jesus said, you're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. What does that mean? That means that Christ, the relationship is strengthened. And we must think of how others have failed. If this morning, don't sit here, and I'm not going to say anybody is, I just want to, I mean, I need to hear this as much as you do. Don't sit here this morning and say, well, I tell you, I've been betrayed by people. I've been mistreated by people. I tell you, I've hurt people. No, that's not, that's not the way you're supposed to think. People's walked on me. People have walked out on me. People's let me down. Yeah, I know, preacher, about that people, that fake friendship, that, that fading friendship. I know all of No, that's not how you're supposed to think this morning. That's self-centered. If you just related this entire sermon to how you were treated, that's self-centered. I'm preaching to you. It's about you. It's not about them. You say, well, that has happened to me. Yeah, we've, we've done it to others. See, take that sermon and don't think about yourself and how people treat you. Take this sermon and turn it to how you have treated people that way. Have you ever mistreated somebody? Have you ever not been a true friend? Have I ever failed in my friendship? See, take it away from that self-centeredness and put it back on you this morning. And put it back on Jesus. I'll say this. As they get us a song ready. Listen to this. When Christ comes back to this earth. And he walks in through that eastern gate. Into that city. Them Jews are going to see them wounds. Zachariah said. And they're going to ask him this question. Where did you get those wounds? You know what he's going to say to them? In the house of my friends. What about Jesus? Even after they wounded him. He said they're my friends. I like that old song in that book we sing. I'll be a friend of Jesus. The question this morning is, am I a friend of Jesus? Christ, the believer's friend. There is not anything in me that would make Jesus want to be my friend other than the precious Holy Spirit and His mercy and God's love. And as we stand this morning, you know what revival is? It's getting closer to Him. You know what getting closer to Him is? It's being a friend to Him.
It's loving Him. Hey, if you've broken some friendships, you ought to get right this morning. So I've been mistreated in some. It's not about that. You'll be mistreated in more. So will I. I tell you what we need to be sure of this morning is that I don't mistreat. That I don't come up short. Don't get bitter over how people have treated you. Become better this morning. We'll sing a verse of this old song. And if you need to come, you obey God as we sing.